Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today, our topic is, as promised last week, mm-hmm. our topic this week is how to get on the same page when you both feel like you're 100% right. So we just know from being married for any amount of time, as every couple does, that there are some things that come up in a marriage where I feel like I'm totally right, you feel like you're totally right, and our answers are different. So what do we do in those scenarios? That's the topic for today. We want to provide our listeners with some steps to take, to sync up, to to make a decision when you're just 100% on opposite pages. Yeah, it must be hard to be married to me because I'm always 100% right. (laughs) You think that. You do think that. Oh, I think it's true of most people. It's like you have an answer or an idea or a way something should be. And it's like in my soul, in my gut, it's like, I'm I'm right. This is how it should go. I have the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because... I think there are people that are maybe laid back, you know, more so go with the flow. But then when you get married, you realize like, well, maybe you are more particular about certain things Uh than you thought you were. (laughs) Yeah. I found myself saying like, oh, I didn't even know you would care about that or have an opinion or think that there's a way here. It's just because you're laid back and whatever, but then you do. You have an opinion sometimes and ours differs or... You know, whatever. Totally. Yeah. Every couple is going to have these instances where they both feel like they're right. So what do you do? Well, for instance, I have to give this example because um, I still think I'm 100% right. <laughs> and this is a place we differ. And it's it's a small thing. But for me as a mom, I I feel like I can't go anywhere without snacks. Snacks and water cups and like maybe a bag of whatever could be needed. Maybe that's sweatshirts, whatever. And we've had this conversation before for years in our marriage. Like you're saying you don't need to bring all that stuff. Like if you go on an hour outing, just, just go and come back. Let's just load up. And I'm a hundred percent (laughs) right. And I'm thinking, look, you don't need (laughs) snacks when you're going on a five-minute trip okay, or a 30-minute trip. Okay, I don't bring them on a five-minute trip. So I am 100% right. But you need them when you go out for a length of time. I don't know what the length is, but it's so, like... So I, you're saying... So what you're... <laughs> and this is funny because, look, look, of all people in the world, I love snacks. You're a snacker. I hate, yeah. the, I hate the fact that I'm on the other side of the argument here about snacks. So let me just... For the record, <laughs> let me just make it clear. I love snacks. I got nothing against snacks. In fact, I'm a yeah. huge fan of snacks. Right. That being said, Mm -hmm. you do not need snacks when you go to the grocery store or when you go to the park or any sort of outing. Our kids (laughs) and us included, we could actually survive for days without a single snack or a water cup. Yes, we could survive. But is it easier if you just bring a bag with a snack and you know what? When times get tense or when someone's hungry or you have a toddler who thinks they're hungry every 30 minutes, you just have a snack. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. Here's a little bag of Cheerios. Or you know, go you nuts. just say, <laughs> no, kids, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait. Hey, I try to say yes when I can. I That's say good. no a lot. I no. say yes to snacks a lot. <laughs> 
But uh, I just think for our kids, I, what I, you know, so when I get the kids ready to go yeah. to the grocery store, I just say, all right, put shoes on and go get in the car. And then I just like grab keys and I go. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes, uh-huh, I'll admit, sometimes uh-huh. that comes back to haunt me right? where it's like there'll be a bu- diaper situation and it's like. And you don't have one. I don't have a diaper. Nope. Or <laughs> kids are like you know, dying of thirst, right, it seems. Right. And I, sorry, I didn't pack water. I so sometimes it comes back to bite me, but other times I think it's a good and helpful lesson for our kids where it's like, you're just going to have to wait. Yeah. And uh, also it doesn't take me then 30 minutes to assemble my things Whoa. to get out the door. Whoa. I just get out the door. <laughs> Whoa. Just I, saying. I, I am fast getting out the door. False. <laughs> I got four kids. <laughs> I only have to grab my purse, but for them, I have to grab like a thousand you, things. Anyways, you, you anyways. Might be, you might st- be fast, <laughs> but you're not as fast as me. That's true. That is true. You're 100% right, babe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these types of things happen, right? And and it's funny because we keep... This, this conversation will come up every once in a while, and we're at the point, you know, where we just laugh about it. So it's not a big deal. But when there are bigger deals, maybe, bigger problems or opposite sides, what are some steps that we can take in a marriage? Yeah. So the first step Mm -hmm. that we want to suggest is more so a mentality to have than a a step to take. The mentality to have is be willing to be convinced, be willing to concede. Yeah. Don't be so stubborn and set in your ways that regardless of the facts, regardless of the arguments, regardless of the opinions and preferences of your spouse, you're unwilling to yield. Just don't be that guy or that girl who's so stubborn that it's just not even a conversation. Right. And it's funny because sometimes when you enter a conversation or if as an observer, when you see conversations like this and other people around, you can tell when there is somebody who's entering a conversation and they're just set. They're not budging. It's like their fists are balled up. Their shoulders are squared. It's like they're in this conversation, but they're not moving. There's no way. And we don't want to have that in our marriages. I mean, if, a, if you and I disagree and when you and I disagree, I want to be able to listen, understand your perspective and be okay to be wrong oh no, oh no, I'm wrong, you know, or oh no, you have more rightness than I have. Yeah. (laughs) And just switch, just switch. Sometimes it's not even about being right or being wrong, but it's just what decision. So for example, with snacks, it's not like one is right and one is wrong. It's like, which which is the better one in this situation? (laughs) And um, I should be willing to say, you know what? Yeah, you should go get some snacks. Let's take five minutes and gather our things and assemble a bag. Right. And that's fine. So- and then there should also be instances where you say, "Okay, let's yeah, just go. Let's just. I go. won't grab let's anything. Roll the dice. Let's, let's be crazy. Just go. Let's go nuts here. <laughs> yeah, but it takes a humility too, uh, just a, a humbleness in yourself to say, "I'm coming to the conversation here. We disagree, and I, I'm not going to just be so stubborn or prideful and think I am always right. This person isn't right. They don't know. And so I think in this step, that humbleness needs to be yeah. part of." Entering this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And it needs to undergird the next step. So yeah. the, the, the step that we want to suggest for number two here is to talk and really listen to each mm. other. We're really getting into some Deep. rocket science here. <laughs> yeah. Really complex stuff. Um, talk and listen to each other. But seriously, when we're in those instances where we 100% disagree with each other, um, we, we more than ever need to talk and listen yeah. to what the other person's saying and give yes. them a fair chance to explain themselves and listen to the extent that you understand 
not only the facts of what they're saying, but the feelings behind what they're saying and just as best you can. Yeah. You see where they're coming from. Yeah. I think um, you do that well because you ask question, well, why do you think that? You're, you're following up with another question. You know, is that what you've always done or, or did you try this last time and it didn't work? I mean, it's like you want to know why I'm coming at whatever perspective. And I think that that's great because then I can explain and get it out. Like, why? Because I'm convinced it's right and I have reasons. And so we want to be able to share that. So, yeah, and it helps when I know you're listening and you're not just, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever you think, you know, ah, no big deal. It's like you're, you're paying attention to me. Yeah. Well, I've even seen that in biblical counseling, you know, just have cu- having couples in there. Sometimes all the other person wants is just to have their opinion in the scenario validated and heard. And just if if they can be heard, then that helps yeah. in the situation. And so this, this first point um, really can't be overstated. It, this is really important. This is just bread and butter of communication, talk, but actually listen to each other. All the nonverbals, the verbals, everything right. in between. Right. And I think if it's a real heated discussion, if it's a deep issue, if it's a big conversation, you may need to table it and come back to it later. As you're talking about it, as you're trying to understand the other person's perspective, sometimes it's just not a really good moment for this conversation. Totally. Right? Well, you know, someone's distracted or someone's upset or they're trying to accomplish something else. And you know what? It just needs to be something that at times is tabled. And then, all right, let's 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 come back to this and let's talk about it tonight or whatever it might be. Totally. And so you can change the circumstances. You can give yourself a little bit of space. I mean, that, that not only helps to create for a better context when you talk the next time, but it also helps to just give a little bit of time, give a little breather, let things simmer down. If things have gotten heated or, you know, you're fired up or your emotions are really invested little bit of time and space is going to help maybe settle that down. Yeah. Okay. Another thing under this, <laughs> there's like sub points here, but as you're talking and listening, I think it can be helpful to do a, a pro con chart. I actually, in fact, I love a pro con chart because it just lays it out there. Yeah. And I think you're the first one who brought this into our marriage. I actually created the pro and con yeah, chart. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You should have trademarked that uh-huh. thing. Yeah. It's been used everywhere. But it's super helpful when you can just see it black and white on paper. Okay, mm-hmm. these are the good, the bad, whatever. Let's lay it out. Let's take some space. Let's see, you know, the facts, uh, which also helps for me as a more of an emotional person to sometimes see that maybe my emotions, like they weigh a lot and there's not a lot of factual information behind it. Sometimes that's the case. So then when I see it more black and white, it's like, okay, I can kind of... I don't know, chill out a little, or I can move to your side quicker. Yeah. And we do the pro and con chart a lot when we're making big decisions and or when we're disagreeing about things like this. And we do the pro and con chart together. We'll sit down and together we will come up with pros for a given position. Mine, for example. And uh, then we'll come up with cons for my position. And then we'll go... And we'll mm-hmm. come up with pros and we'll come up with cons for yours. And so right. this isn't like something that I go and I do and, yeah. then I, and then I drop it down on the table and say, look, all the facts line up on my side. So this is what we're doing. So I'm right. 
yeah. it, it has been an exercise that we do together. And just the, the process of communicating through the pro and con chart and seeing the objective facts kind of take form on paper is a helpful process for us to do together. Yeah. And the last, I think, sub point of this is potentially just be, to be praying about it. As you're talking and listening, as you're hearing another's perspective, as there's a pro and con chart, I mean, there are often times where you've laid out your position, I've laid out mine, and I need to pray to either soften my heart or to calm down or to see your side better, whatever. But I need to talk to the Lord about this decision and um, ask Him that I don't just insist on my own way, but that I'm willing to be flexible, that I'm willing to to change my mind, that I'm willing to go with whatever needs to be go, goad with. <laughs> yes, goad. goad with. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, it's uh, it's not a, maybe the last thing on the list. No. It's for sure. Right. It's, uh, it's one of the things that we really need to do in making good decisions as husband and wife and communicating with each other. Yeah. So let's pray. So each individually, we'll pray together sometimes right. and make a decision. Right. Uh, but we got to keep things moving along here. The third step that we want to challenge people to take um, is if you still disagree, like, what do you do? Right. So let's just say, um, I'm willing to be convinced. Uh, I've talked to you and yeah. listened and we still just have this fundamental disagreement. What do we do then? Um, and before we land on the last point, uh, which there, there's a number four, that's just kind of the, the final straw, but, before we land on number four, there's a number three, and it is to maybe talk to a friend or a counselor. Just get a bring a third party in, um, bounce your ideas off of someone else, and maybe just get some help in that sort of way. If, if you really are talking to your spouse and you really can't work through something, it might be time to bring in someone else just to bounce an idea off of. Yeah, it can be super helpful to have a mediator, a godly person who can listen, who can help you with your perspective, who can help you both as a couple to make that decision and to see an outside perspective at times. Sometimes yeah. you need a counselor, a friend, maybe in super large decisions, you need a pastor to step in, but those things can be super helpful. Yeah. I'm even just thinking of um, marriage counseling scenarios where these are the kinds of things that you know people end up coming into the office and talking yeah. about. So yeah. just a couple examples I've talked through things with. Uh, talk to people about things uh, is, you know, do we uh, have another child? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> do we, d does the wife go back to work? Yeah. Uh, do we move out of state? Right. And in each of those scenarios, I'm picturing faces and people that I've talked to about these things and just, you know, often there's one person no, I want to stay and live here. And one person says, no, I want to go and move somewhere else. And, or, you know, I want to have a kid. No, I don't. And yeah. so these are just, they're, they're not quickly or easily solved. Yeah. Yeah. They're big decisions. So it's. And so in those cases, they came into the office and talked and just having someone else yeah. to help them think through it hopefully was, was a helpful thing. But oftentimes what happens in these marriage counseling scenarios is I get to, um, I end up laying down kind of the, the fourth principle that we want to suggest here is that at the end of the day, God has called the husband to be in charge of the family. And that's a really unpopular uh, thing in our culture today, but it's not unpopular in God's word. I mean, the Bible has laid out an 
organization uh, of a hierarchy within the family and just saying the husband is the one who is the leader and called and charged uh, with the, the challenge to make decisions and to be the quarterback in that sense. And the wife is called to help yeah. her husband in that process. So unpopular, or obviously we're not suggesting that one is more important than the other. Both are equally important. Right. Uh, and we are equal in terms of our essence as people and uh, value and all that, but different in terms of our function and the jobs that we have in our marriage. And it's just super, super helpful to know that and to embrace it. You know, I just think I am under an authority. I'm under multiple authorities, but I'm under God's authority, but I'm also under yours. You're someone who's leading our family. You've been put as the leader in this family. So the more I can go with you and the less I can fight against that, even though in my own flesh or what I may feel or desire may fight, it's like the more I can say, yeah, I'm coming alongside you to help you. I'm on your team. I'm following your leadership, the better. And that can be easier and harder, right? Based on these decisions, how set I am in my ways or how big the decision is. But still, ultimately, when I can understand that I'm called to follow you and the scarier and motivating aspect is I'm going to be held accountable for that before God. You know, yeah. if, if I can keep that in mind, you're going to be held accountable for the way you lead our family. And I'm going to be held accountable for the way I submit, follow your leadership and not buck or fight against it, drag my heels or, you know, demand my way. It's, the more I can just say I'm going to submit and follow is, is so much better. Yeah. And the husband needs to remember at the end of the day, he's going to be held accountable in the same way for his decisions, for the family. Absolutely. Heavy responsibility. Um, and also just keeping in mind his burden of responsibility to make decisions and lead the family doesn't mean he just gets to go with whatever he feels like and whatever he wants to do in any given situation. The paradigm that we are given in scripture is sacrificial leadership. So the way Christ led and modeled leadership and called people to lead is in sacrificial leadership, sacrificing themselves, preferences, desires for the sake of other people. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, the husband is tasked to make a decision, but he gets to prefer others in that process. And um, so I want to make decisions that are good for the family, whether it's a popular decision in the family or an unpopular decision in the family. I also want to make decisions that are going to keep my team um, liking my leadership and me and, and all these things. So like, I want to just bear in mind a lot of different factors in the process of making good decisions. And so when there's this disagreement and you and I, yeah. when we've worked through all of these steps right. and we still just fundamentally disagree, uh, there is a sense in which, all right, well, if, if a decision yeah. has to be made right here, I'm, we're going to go with mine. Right. Right. And it's cool because looking back throughout our marriage, I can see many times where you have just allowed my decision. You've put, you've put my decision ahead of yours. Or you've allowed my rightness to be the, the thing that we go with. And maybe I wouldn't even notice it at the time, but maybe that during it or the next day or whatever, I think, oh, wow, he just, he just basically, he sacrificed. He just let me go with, with this thing or he let us do this thing because I can see that you want to do that 
for me and our family. Fine. I guess I'll let you bring some snacks and I'll <laughs> yeah. enjoy these delicious snacks on and the And then road. you do eat them. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, coming back to the snacks. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, well, I do think there's a lot to this. This yes. is a common challenge that people have. So really important stuff here. We, we do want to leave our listeners with something to to think about or do mm-hmm, in response mm-hmm. to this. Um, what was what was our challenge that we our thought challenge, about? Our challenge is which of these steps maybe that we talked about would you need to work on in your marriage? Are you, you know, willing to listen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you need to concede? Like, I don't know. Where are you at and what needs to grow? Yeah, I think that's good. So we laid down four steps to take. Mm-hmm. Which which step maybe needs some attention? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us and we will hear from you. <laughs> we will talk with you next time. <laughs> ah. See ya. Yeah.